Hello, lovelies, and welcome to Just a Girl with ALS podcast. I changed the name. Yay! Um, there was a lot of people that were having a hard time, like, searching for the podcast on Spotify and um, Apple Podcast, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. So, um, I changed the name because there's a lot of just a girl podcasts but now there's only one just a girl with als podcast so yeah um today is our very first serial killer day ooh, ooh, serial killers because who doesn't love a good true crime serial killer stuff because if you don't then i might think you're a little bit crazy because true crime is fascinating, but I digress. Today's topic is Eileen Warnos. And um, I decided that, like, I'm going to try to shout out everyone um, because all these episodes are listener driven. And so I'm going to try to um, shout out to whoever suggested um, the topic. And this topic today with Eileen Warnos is my cousin Sarah in Belfast, Northern Ireland. Well, we'll just say she's in Belfast because that's easier. Because I think she's in Belfast or she's like in a suburb of Belfast type of thing I don't know anyways it's Sarah so I'm going to start off with the definitions and um, disclaimers about what a serial killer is according to the Oxford Dictionary A serial killer is a person who commits a series of murders, often with no apparent motive, and typically following a characteristic, predictable behavior pattern. Disclaimer. Those who are serial killers are usually um, murdering in compulsive acts for gratification-based fantasies. Another disclaimer is that a lot of serial killers will manipulate and stalk their prey and have a specific um, type of person that they target. And the final thing is with regard to personality characteristics, 86.5% of serial killers have met the criteria the criteria the criteria criteria I don't know why I was saying it weird criteria for psycho to be a psychopath the other 9% presented psychopathic and sociopathic traits but they may not have been close enough um, or had enough characteristics enough characteristics to be 
labeled as a psychopath or a sociopath. The definition of psychopath is characterized by features such as superficial charm, high intelligence, poor judgment, and failure to learn from experience. They also tend to be pathologically egocentric and incapable of love. They lack remorse. They lack shame. They're impulsive, grandiose, um, pathological liars, incredibly manipulative behavior, promiscuous sexual behavior, and they have a lot of criminal versatility amongst a lot of other traits. So let's dive into Aileen Warnos. From November 1989 to November 1990, Eileen killed seven men off the wooded highways of I-75 in Florida. On January 27, 1992, a jury found her guilty of murder and sentenced her to death. On October 9, 2002, at 46 years old, Aileen was killed by lethal injection. Eileen Warnos was the very first female serial killer that the, well, the very first female the FBI ever profiled as a serial killer. So let's start at the beginning. Eileen's mother had just turned 14 when she married a serial sex offender named Leo Dale Pittman. In 1956, when Aileen was born, he was already in prison for sexually assaulting children. While serving time, he ended up hanging himself, so Eileen never got to meet him. At four years old, Aileen's mother dumped her and her brother off with an alcoholic grandmother and an abusive grandfather. Throughout her entire childhood, she was regularly sexually assaulted by multiple family members. When she was 11, she was being sexually abused by men in her community who would then give her cigarettes and alcohol. Some people try to claim that she willingly started prostituting herself at this stage, but how can a, how can an 11-year-old who is being sexually assaulted and not willingly consenting to these things, prostituting herself. It doesn't even make sense. I think that that's just a line that people use to try to um, degrade Aileen and her struggles that she went through as a child. Um, At the age of 14, Aileen was sexually assaulted yet again. And this time became pregnant. She gave the child up for adoption, but it's believed that the, quote, father, end quotes, of this baby was one of her grandfather's friends. Shortly after she gave birth, she ran into the woods, and that is when she began to sell sex to survive. 
she used it trying to travel all over the United States in order to attempt to make a better life for herself. But she was doomed from the start, and her life increasingly continued to get worse. Now we're going to move on to, like, some of the public exploitation of Aileen. Um, This quote is from Melissa Farley, who was a psychologist that was involved in Aileen's court case. Aileen was terrorized by violent johns and eventually lashed out in a crazed defense, just like men do in wars when they are also terrified of getting killed or tortured. We have to remember that at this time, in 1992, the only people who were diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder were men who had been in war because they did not think that women or children could have PTSD from a violent life or that men couldn't have it from a violent life. So, Eileen was never diagnosed with PTSD during this court case because it just didn't happen. They did not believe PTSD was a thing in non-combat veteran, unless it was a combat veteran. Eileen is often depicted as a sexual deviant who who seduced men and happily murdered them before running off with their money and her lesbian lover. They make it seem like it was this big, huge, scheduled event that she was an all-willing participant in. However, Eileen had been traumatized beyond measure throughout her life because she started at the age of four being sexually exploited by everyone around her. Eileen didn't have a rational understanding of her rights when she was arrested, and her confessions were inconsistent at best. But any kind of confession was all the prosecution needed to get a unanimous guilty verdict from the jury. After the case was settled, three detectives, as well as Tyria Moore, Eileen's girlfriend, sold their stories in order to profit off of Eileen. Eileen's story has been used in over a dozen documentaries, um, as well as films. There are dozens of books, academic studies, there are podcasts, over 10 songs, and even an opera of her life and crimes. However, over 90% of these purposefully omit her mental state and her mental competency. There are documentaries that use um, the trial in them, but they purposefully omit what any psychologist has to say about Eileen and where she was mentally. Because... We have to remember this girl did not have an education and was not intelligent. Nick Broomfield was the first person 
in a documentary called Selling of a Serial Killer that's really highlighted the exploitation of Aileen and every by everyone around her. After his final interview with Aileen, he said, My conclusion from the interview is today we are executing someone who is mad. Then um, there's also a controversial book called Requiem for a Female Serial Killer written by Phyllis Chesler, who is a U.S. feminist academic and psychologist. Immediately after hearing Aileen's story of self-defense back in 1992, Chesler contacted Aileen in order to, quote, help, end quote, her. In the book, Chesler writes, I wanted a jury to hear the truth about how dangerous the working life really is, how prostitutes are routinely infected with diseases and gang-banged, tortured, and murdered, that Warnos had been raped and beaten so many times that by now, if she was human, if she was at all human, she would have to be permanently drunk and out of her mind. The book is flawed and incredibly exploitative, full of vivid descriptions of imagined conversations, like conversations that never happened, and it's steeped with with misrepresentation. Eileen, Chesler states that Warnos had the forbidden feminist longing to become a predator after being the victim. Chesler tries to paint Warnos as a Robin Hood figure, She claimed that Eileen was a monster of proportions due to a lifetime of victimization. But while painting Eileen as this mythical heroine, she refuses to acknowledge the mental capacity and mental state of Eileen. She feeds into this representation that Eileen is overtly intelligent and manipulative. After Eileen found out what Chesler was doing, she withdrew complete access from Chesler because she did not want to be painted as this false mythical heroine when all she was was a victim who fought back. Now let's get into the Johns that she killed. Quote from Aileen, I am a female who has been raped and the male dominant world is laughing. They have succeeded to putting me into the chair to prove that men can and will do as they want to us women of America. John number one, Richard Mallory. Richard Mallory was a 51-year-old electronic store owner and convicted rapist who was found dead December 14, 1989 in a Daytona Beach junkyard. John number two, David Spears, 43-year-old construction worker whose body was found June 1, 1990 alongside US-19 in Citrus County. He was found stripped naked with six gunshot wounds. John 3, Charles Cascaden, 40-year-old part-time rodeo worker 
who was found decomposing in an electrical blanket shot nine times on June 6, 1990 in Pasco County. John Four, Peter Sims, retired merchant seaman whose body was never found, but Aileen admitted to killing him. John number five, Troy Burress, 50-year-old salesman who was reported missing July 31st, 1990. His body was found in Marion County with two gunshot wounds. John number six, Charles Humphreys, a 50-year-old retired Air Force major, former police chief, and a Florida State child abuse investigator. He was the only man that Eileen shot in the head. John Seven, Walter Antonio, a 60-year-old trucker and security guard whose body was found November 19, 1990 in Dixie County with at least four gunshot wounds. Now, serial killer or not, Nick Broomfield said, people painted Eileen as a monster, which she is not. She's also not a serial killer. Eileen neither, Eileen neither planned her crimes, stalked her victims, or took pleasure from what she did. Marissa Farley, who was the psychology expert in the case, as we stated previously, agrees with Broomfield. Eileen was defending herself. She killed those men because they raped her and threatened her life, which is common in the type of prostitution that Aileen was involved in. In 1995, Aileen wrote a letter to her childhood best friend. In the letter, she wrote that she hopes in the future there would be a nationwide self-defense law for women. Throughout her time in prison, Aileen tried to bring awareness and activism about women who are abused. Aileen knew that there were hundreds, thousands of women out there just like her who were being sexually, physically, and mentally abused and were not offered protection or justice by the law. These are not the words or the actions of a psychopathic, sociopathic, or a sexually driven serial killer. These are the words of someone who desperately wanted to protect herself and others like her. For the 11 years that Aileen was incarcerated, Aileen never wavered from killing these people in self-defense, even though police tried to get her to stay otherwise several times throughout many years. There is even a video of an of part of an interrogation after she had been in prison for multiple years where it shows her stating what she believed the police wanted to hear. However, if you watch the entire video, you will see her break down and cry asking them what they want from her. She lied and told them what she thought they wanted him to hear even though the truth is that these men brutalized her. So, my personal view, do I believe that she was a serial killer? No, not based on the statistics and studies of 
what a serial killer is and how they act. Because serial killers don't seek out activism for abused people. Like, especially when they claim to be an abused victim. They don't do that. Um, and I think that she had extreme post-traumatic stress disorder and that these men kicked in her fight or flight response because of that PTSD. And because it was the early 1990s and women were not allowed to get that type of diagnostic yet because they weren't allowed to get it until later in the mid 90s, not the early 90s, mid 90s. And um, I think because of that and not being able to give her the proper diagnosis and explain what that diagnosis can do if it's triggered, I think that's what sealed her fate. I think she was just a girl who lived a horrific, exploitative life that her her PTSD was just triggered because she had been a prostitute her entire life, basically. So I think it was just... The 15 years of living on her own and prostitution that kind of triggered something with these men. I'm not even going to get into her girlfriend because um, Tyria Moore, I believe, was also another part of it. Um, Aileen loved Tyria so much. And Tyria loved the money that Eileen brought in. So when um, Eileen murdered the first person and stole the money and everything, I think it was um, Tyria that tried to push her to do it more often type of thing. But I think that, but she definitely didn't do it with every single man in that year that she prostituted herself out to because you know with prostitution and the lifestyle that Eileen lived that she didn't just have sell herself to seven men in a year she wouldn't have been able to survive because that was her only source of income so I believe that the seven men that she ended up murdering are the ones that triggered her fight or flight response and they're the ones that actually did rape her and threaten her while the other ones just paid her for sex because there's no way that there wasn't at least a hundred other men that she didn't sleep with in that year because Tyria pushed her to be a prostitute when because Tyria loved the money and Tyria was a lazy ass bitch that's my personal opinion because that's what I'm saying right now is personal opinions. Anyways, this episode's done. So, my lovelies, I hope you enjoyed. And as always, if you have any comments or um, 
research topics you would like me to do an episode on, just, you know, let me know. In the, uh, on Spotify, there's a comment box thingy question that you can fill out or you can head over to my Facebook page that is called Just a Girl Podcast um, because it won't let me change it yet <laughs> to Just a Girl with ALS. But um, you can head over to Facebook. You can follow me on there and message me, post anything you want you want to know, and I will go ahead and I will do it. Um, if there are any like personal things that you want to ask me about um, opinions I might have about different subjects or um, things that have happened in my life, you are free to ask those and I will um, get stuff ready in order to do um, post on those as well. Um, you can also um, head to my website. My website has my Facebook, my Twitter, my Instagram, um, it has my website to my blog. It has everything on there. Um, so my website has access for you to follow me everywhere and have several ways to contact me. So bye.